Welcome to Philly Coco Presents Side Project Spotlight, episode 19. This is a developer's journey to making cool stuff. We are your navigators through this open sea journey to your personal development metaverse. I'm Kotaro. I'm Steve. And I'm Aaron. And we are Philly Coco, a Philadelphia-based Cocoa Heads community focused on Apple development. That primarily, but not exclusively, means iOS, Mac, tvOS, and watchOS development. Philly Coco's true desire is to take you higher on your own development journey. Nice. Oof. All right. That, I, when you said OpenSea, I was like, are you making a, a crypto reference? <laughs> I was making multiple crypto multiple references at this point. <laughs> how, many, how many memes can you spot in that one? Yeah. I know, right? I was, I, I was, you know, the coffee kicked in at just at the right moment. <laughs> that could be like a, a game for the listeners here. How many see, memes can you pick out in Kotaro's intros? I know. Oh, you know, that's, that'll just be the, the evolution of this intro at this point. Yeah. If I sound a little weird on the recording, it's because I've been sick during WWDC, which uh, I guess is what we're going to be talking about today, partly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, WWDC uh, just wrapped up, uh, and we are more or less recovering, and particularly Steve here. Yeah, um, seriously. How, how did I get, like, the, the conference crud when I was just sitting at home, alone? <laughs> Watching them online, somehow I still caught something. Not not the uh, you know not the not the COVID. Yeah, they tested part of that augmented reality experience. (laughs) Yeah, you caught it through the metaverse. (laughs) It's been rough, but I've been gaining solace by watching some videos of some really cool stuff this year. I think it was one of my favorite WWDCs. Interesting. Okay. Well, it didn't strike me as something that was like, I mean, M2 is a big deal, but in terms of just the sort of big splashy software, there wasn't like a new version of core data. Sorry, sorry, Sean. I know you were, you were hoping for that one. That was the one thing I was really disappointed about. But there was like nothing, there was nothing that I thought was like, whoa, explosively revolutionary, quote unquote. But I thought there was a lot of good stuff overall. Um, Yeah, uh, but... Uh, what made it my favorite was just the, the combination of things. It, it really felt like it felt like a turning point for developers because Apple put up on the screen. Like, well, I think it was during the developer state union, like the the way the best way they say to develop apps was was Swift, Swift UI, and and uh, was it the Xcode um, previews? And you know, okay, that's a little bit of, of marketing stuff, and they, they do support all the other ways, and you know, they're built on top of each other. But point is, that was the first time Apple just came out. If you remember a few years prior when SwiftUI was new, and uh, they weren't, they were a little cagey about it, like cross-platform stuff. Is it, it going to be SwiftUI? Is it going to be, uh, you know, something else? It's, it's, what's the other thing um, for, for cross-platform that I'm misremembering in my um, illness fog here? Catalyst. Yes, that's right. Catalyst. It was. Remember, they were a little cagey about that. Right, I mean, because they're right. both useful in different circumstances. But they were. But they they just came out in front and said that, and that to me made made this really memorable. WWC. The, the I mean, pushing was, a new paradigm. Yeah, it was sort of confusing at the time when they brought up Catalyst, and we were just like, okay, we have Swift UI, which is you know sort of like cross platform across the board, and then this Catalyst thing was much more of a like if you have a UI kit type of app you can now get it on you can like with one checkbox and a few tweaks you can get it on mac yeah. os right that was what they meant by cross-platform in that in that context but I, I believe we called it on our preview uh, episode we said swift ui was going to become like the way the main way of developing apps i mean if you didn't see the writing on the wall yeah 
before, like when you open up the beta of Xcode and you open up a template project and you see the options of saying like SwiftUI is the default yeah. and they hide, <laughs> they really do their best to hide like storyboard and Objective-C and UI, anything UI kit related in the dropdowns. I mean, you still can get access to it, but it's not the default when you open these things up. So that I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And it's, it's not like you can't do things in UI kit. You'd still would have to and, and isn't like swift ui built on top of a lot of their existing technology. it's not all 100 percent re-implemented from from like scratch right like some of it internally might be using existing ui kit things i think a good chunk of it is yeah um, so i mean it's not like it's it's you know they're it, apple's iterative they build on top of it but you know the way you build something with swift ui despite how it's implemented internally it's just very different than the way you build things using straight ui kit and to push that as the as to say this is the way we think as Apple is the best way of, of building apps, new apps. I think they meant new apps, not like go mm-hmm. rewrite all your current apps if you, if you, unless unless that's a you know good idea for you. So no, I don't think they meant that. They meant like if you're going to build something new, you know we we assume you're going to use Swift UI and we're going to build I, our tools for that. I mean, it was sort of telling when you looked at um, a lot of the video sessions that they provided, and you did a search for UI Kit for that you might get like a few maybe like two yeah. three that are specific to ui kit but then when you did a search for like swift ui you would see about maybe eight you know eight ten plus kind of it's related it's the new to hotness UI. yeah and a lot of the new stuff like i guess was like app intense yeah. um what looked very well very much designed for swift ui like, i don't know you've messed with it a little bit aaron like you probably would have better context around that a little bit. It's kind of how they they kind of merge the um, widget kit and uh, uh, complication watch complications into one thing now, and kind of replace the old app intents that use a lot of Objective C code in the back end. So uh, yeah, it's very Swift UI like. Everything is structs and. I mean, it seems a lot easier to to sort of. Um, reason through now than before. Except for the thing, it seemed like it was broken in the beta. Like it didn't <laughs> seem like it worked at all. Like I even in the sample app, mm-hmm. I I was trying to get it work, working in a project, and then to replace some old app intents, I couldn't get that working. And then I tested the sample, the food truck sample app, trying to get the app intents working. They didn't work there. I created yeah. like a project from scratch with like. Oh, you just need two methods in your struct to get your app intent to work. And that didn't work either. So I don't know. If, and apparently there's some known issue in mm-hmm. the. But it said, oh, do it this way. Do, you know, use the finish method in your perform to, to get the app intents to work. Because there's like different ways you can like, different things you can do when your intent finishes. And there's like different things you can do. And it doesn't seem like any of them were working. Like yeah. it just acted like it wasn't there like when you it says open the shortcuts app and search for your your app and your thing should come up automatically and then it wasn't coming up so i don't know i don't know what's going on with the uh, app intents i guess they're still uh well that's why it's beta stuff so maybe maybe right. in beta too they'll be working Hopefully. yeah yeah i mean it's it's beta this this tends to happen yeah i think um i mean there are a lot of- of interesting things we talked about um passkey was another interesting technology that um sort of to be to migrate everyone to sort of more of a passwordless 
experience where a lot of the authentication is done on device. Um, right, but I mean, but before we get to the passkey, I mean, what about the app intents theoretically? Is really cool. I don't know if everybody listening necessarily understands what app intents are unless they watch the video. So, so like, what what can you do with it, Aaron? And why are we so, so excited about it? It's the like replacement for the old um, Siri custom intents, and it's um, you can basically encapsulate any feature in your app that's like a frequently used task as a shortcut that automatically gets added to the shortcuts app with just like a few li- few lines of code before when you made a custom intent you had to like go into the shortcuts app add the shortcut or rely on like the built-in ui of like add this to siri if you didn't like press one of the buttons or go into the shortcuts right. app like it wasn't available your custom intents weren't available to you explicitly told shortcuts through one of these methods that it was that you should add it now you can supposedly when it's working yeah. Just put, oh, make this shortcut, an app shortcut, and it automatically gets added, you know, just from code. Yeah, like you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see it in the shortcut app. You would. You, you would see it in the shortcuts app, but you wouldn't have to, like, go and add it. You wouldn't have to so, go and add. Like, well, it would, like in the like, new version. Basically, that, yeah, you would yeah, still yeah. see it. And if you open the shortcuts app, if you add it as an app shortcut in mm-hmm. code, it would be in the shortcuts app by default when it was installed. So yeah, the, it's the like demo doing all that for you. Yeah, the the demo in the the what is it the dive into app intents I think was one. It was very right. cool. Yeah, you know yeah. The, the ability to to compose uh, you know your shortcuts is a powerful feature that I don't use enough. Yeah, you still there's a limit of ten. I don't know what why ten is the magic number uh, in Swift UI like stuff, but. Apparently, there's also a limit of ten shortcuts. Like ten, ten like... shortcuts for your app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Swift UI. I general. guess they ju- maybe they don't want to like over. Well, I don't know if it's related to the ten parameters in Swift UI thing, or just they don't want you to bury uh, everybody else's shortcuts with like fifty shortcuts from your app or something. Probably, I, probably I think... that. Not. I don't think it's related to the Swift UI thing. I mean, that also makes a lot of sense, regardless. Like both yeah. points make a lot of sense, but. Um, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so we're we're interested in that because uh, we think that could be useful. But yeah, I know Aaron, you've done more Siri good stuff. So there. that looked that that was cool. I was actually excited about that the app intense one. And yeah. then you were saying uh, passkey. Passkey was interesting. It was really um, interesting. Weather kit uh, was interesting. Um, where you can now access um, weather API, the weather uh, Apple's weather API. You know, whichever one they bought, it was a dark sky. Um, yeah. to pull to very easily pull in some weather data and then uh, you know display it on your app for whatever reason or even have your app act on those weather data so maybe your game can have weather generated from <laughs> from actual weather APIs so if it's wow. raining in the game if it's raining outside maybe it can rain in the game as an example of like a cool idea you could do yeah. um, I mean the, you could you can take into account the weather for all kinds of stuff like if you were, for instance, building a to-do app of some sort, you could take into account what actions I might be able to do today. You know, what so if, another, you know, so like if I'm wanting to, if I want to jog one, you know, for like, yeah, I want to do yard work. I don't know, like, and you can't really do that if it's pouring rain. So that's a fascinating point. Hmm. I mean, you could take location into. Well, I was just, I, I don't want to derail the. We're still in the WWC section, but mm-hmm. just came to me if you're if you're talking about like um, getting things done, 
that methodology. You uh, you tend to have have tools and places and people that are associated with your tasks, and that you need them in order to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. So location is one of those things. Like I can do these tasks at this particular location. That is pretty fascinating. So why not weather as being one of those inputs? Right. Constraints. Anyway, that's what came to my mind with weather kit. I thought it's kind of cool because now it's also very affordable mm-hmm. compared yeah. to yeah. Uh, it's actually was it like half what Dark Sky was is what I was seeing online. I couldn't confirm that, but I haven't been paying attention to the prices, but I know that I I I know it's relatively cheap. <laughs> so. Uh, or certainly as a developer, it's reasonable to something like 500k um, uh, for free. I think for free. I think like a 500 like requests for free. So which, I think which will probably get you pretty far if you cash them, right? Yeah, that's true. And you don't hit it so hard. Um, the other thing that came out, uh, like Swift charts for Swift UI, which is a very um, dynamic, yeah, customizable we... chart. Uh, library that or a chart, that's like a chart. Swift charts. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't really talk about what passkey was. We just kind of mentioned. Oh, it. sorry. Pa- passkey uh, is the future replacement of passwords. Like, like not not just a, not just better passwords, but like an elimination of passwords. And it's part of a, a standard that Apple has been working on with other companies as part of I think the, what the Fido Alliance. Mm-hmm. It's your server has to implement web authn, web authn, and I'm supposed to pronounce it. I think it's just web authentication. Web authentication, yeah. But yeah. I, I always see it. It says web authn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how they spell yeah. it. For some reason. So you have to implement that, and then it's a, it's a it's a a variation of like public private, um, you know, certificate exchange or key exchange. So the public key goes to the server, <clears throat> and you keep your private one in Apple's uh, iCloud keychain on device synchronized between devices, I guess in the secure enclave or whatever they store it. And then, yeah, you never generate a password. You never have to remember anything. I guess, I guess you only, you need to remember your password for iCloud, but that's about it. So it's like your one password. Oh, one password, huh? Yeah. But, (laughs) but it's cool because it it allows you to, once you have it set up for a site, you just hit a button and you just, you're in, you you put in like a username maybe and you hit a button. I don't even think you need to put a username in because it'll give you a list. Well, yeah, it'll give you a – as soon as you, like, tap on the field, yeah. it'll load up, oh, do you want to use this username, and then fills yeah, it exactly. and locks you in um, with one but, button. And, and it's really cool. And last year they introduced it and had one video about it real briefly. This year it's actually available. Like, it's not in just the weird testing mode like it was last year. Mm-hmm. You can actually build it now. You can build on it now. I, I saw online some people were building little test websites. Yeah, uh, that'll be – I mean, it's not relevant for what we're doing for yeah. our little side project here, but yeah, but it's very cool. It's very cool. Um, although, Aaron, you had a you had a point you made earlier um, before we started officially recording. Oh, just about the um, not really talking about like creating accounts. We're all talking about like moving over accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I did. Uh, I, I, I know. I, I didn't notice that until you said it. I'm like, that's true. I don't think the demo actually. They didn't address they it. I don't yeah. know. I, may, I haven't like looked into the standards. I think, so I think maybe it would make. Yeah, I guess it's it's weird because like you have to go whatever the web interface or whatever interface you have to do, you still have to identify like okay, like at some point you have to put in a username and a password yeah. and that whole flow. Well, I mean is maybe always unique in in every website, right? So Maybe you just put in a username and then it generates a key. Yeah, it could it could do yeah. that. I don't, I don't know. If you yeah. don't have an account. So, you know, if you start from scratch and if you're not starting from scratch, then you're like some out of band authentication. So it's like if we if we're at 
a university or something, you're giving everybody access. You already, you probably are handing out accounts to people. They're not necessarily signing up. They may be activating accounts. Mm-hmm. So you're going to give them some kind of temporary credential. Mm-hmm. So this, there's still going to be places, I think, where people are going to have something akin to a password they're going to type in, but maybe only really temporarily, like just to get bootstrap the process, and then you never have to worry about it again. Right. I think there, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we can, I, I guess, do we have anything else we want to? Well, Swift charts. Swift charts was too. the other thing. Yeah, that's uh, I could talk forever about app intents. Also, there's like tons more things, but I don't know. We move on. <laughs> yeah, I well, guess I, I guess we keep we we move on from there. But I think the other thing that I think the other broad um, like the the there were a lot of sessions around AR, and there were a lot of sessions around metal for yep. yeah reasons. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, like new like uh, what's it called uh, geometry shader mm-hmm. um, thing you can actually like do procedurally generated geometry like in your shaders before you could just like warp surfaces a little bit okay and you only knew about like a little localized patch that your shader was working on now you can get like the whole geometry and like generate stuff right so that's not I like wonder, i'm an I wonder, expert on shaders or anything but it's, do, you, do you know who might be an expert 88 yeah. winner curtis oh, slopes app i uses some Shout custom shaders you, right yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy is... Uh, Sounded useful. They were talking about, like, oh, generating, like, procedurally generated fur on this, you know, bunny. I mean... That's what that, that video that, is. That bunny similar. that they always use for all, like, um, 3D projects I, as, I, like, a, a sample. I, I think I joked with Curtis a while back about, like, oh, you know, you could now... Because he was actually accessing um, uh, some weather API and... Um, at the time, and he was like, "Oh, you can add maybe you can add like snow effects or stuff like that, and base it off of like this, you know, base it off of you know whatever the if it's like flurry, you can like have the particles yeah. come down faster and that kind of stuff." Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he ever ch- jumped on that idea or not, but now, like you know, I know knowing him and knowing that he's he would be jumping on that kind of like, oh well, now I have access to the weather API and theoretically maybe it'll be cheaper maybe i will do that yeah that kind of like interesting particle effects or so know, uh yeah i didn't watch any of the ar ones yet mm-hmm. um i was surprised though that you, it wasn't there wasn't more stuff early in the week right it looked like they you can get ar in 4k now oh yes. really so, yeah okay yeah. well that that's yeah. that's like a team you can kind of thing and you can capture like um do like vision stuff like in real time with wow like while the um the AR session is going yeah probably not with my iPhone but yeah so you can do like <laughs> text recognition and like object recognition like nice. I think it's using like one of the other camera sensors or something so uh why would you need AR in 4K I don't know <sighs> I don't know I I, I, I don't know some mystery new device <laughs> It's a mystery why you need that. But, Apple you know. would not make a new device. That's I know. Crazy talk. It's like, actually, did you guys? Uh, I, I know we want to talk about Swift charts a little bit. But did you guys see the um, Daring Fireball, um, the the talk show live? No, I still have to see that one with Craig. Fre- uh, with yeah. Craig and um, Greg. I forgot their yeah. last names. Craig Penarigi yeah. and Greg Host or something. Yeah, I can't ever remember the name either. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, but. Um, John asked him like that. He's like, he made a joke about about the car thing when he talked about car playing. It's like it's not like you guys are ever 
Gotta make a car. So <laughs> it was it was very funny. Did, did it, what was their reaction? Uh, you know, like kind of awkward silence. You know, trying to play it off. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, everybody. It's like an open secret. You know, but they can't say anything for sure. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, you know, but I do. You, they do have to like cater to like. Okay, if you have an Android device, <laughs> you know, like you can't have an Apple Car that doesn't support Android in some form capacity through CarPlay. I don't right. know, man. They claim 70-something-odd percent of new car buyers, new car buyers, are very specific about it. If you're a new car buyer, you, according to their whatever their stats are, vast majority of new car buyers want CarPlay. What happens if your car has to reboot? Like that was Ask like Tesla a, owners. That, that was like the joke of like <laughs> Tesla, mean, right? It's just I don't like know. Just midway through your highway, all of a sudden your car just completely reboots. Okay. It's just like, <laughs> I can tell you, I have a, a really crappy uh, older car. And uh, well, an airplane coming through, and I have a crappier older car, and it had it was right before CarPlay. It has uh, what is that Siri integration they call it? But anyway, I remember using the the built in navigation, which worked with an app, but it was like before CarPlay. But they had like an app you buy, and then you plug it in and come on the screen. It locked up in the middle of me navigating to DC after I got hurt, and then and it just didn't come back, and I had to actually reboot my car. So it wasn't even electric an electric car. I think I had to turn off my car, open the door. I had to get the to get the infotainment system to completely reboot. I had to literally reboot my car. Oh, so it, it happened even on a you know ten year old car that doesn't even have CarPlay. So I, I'm actually fine with Apple if you know taking over some of that software because it's all garbage right. in cars today. Um, I don't know if there was anything else interesting. I mean, there, there was. We uh, forgot about lock screen widgets. Yeah, we've got that. widgets. Yeah, that's probably the that's biggest a, thing normal people are going to encounter. Yeah, for users, it's the biggest thing they'll see. On their phone. Also, applicable to us uh, to some degree, but yeah, it, it, it's essentially just the widgets uh, from watch, right? Like the, the same API. Yeah, yeah. It's complications. Yeah. Um, the other, I mean, there are like nice things, um, but if we're talking I, about like not feature related. Um, really nice things they updated with xcode it's a little bit faster so the live preview for a swift ui is a little bit better a little oh, yeah. more like you can you can now like see a lot of you don't have to like pre-configure in your preview um uh the um uh the 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 views and, uh, and not for, yeah, for it you, it has it has some built in as a button so you can just bring up some common uh previews you would want yeah. like Light mode, dark mode. Also, the the one that was really useful, I think, is the um the different font size one. Yeah. Or the yeah, the, the, the dynamic, uh, what's the dynamic dynamic font. Font, dynamic size because that one comes out with like a dozen screens. Yeah. You know, so you can Although, see all things. I I will say, um, my Intel Mac is just like <laughs> it's just like what are you doing? It just, just refuses to load any of those live previews. And it's just like uh, I can't tell if this is beta or it's just just typical like. Mac, where it's just like, okay, obviously... Intel never cool. worked very well with Swift UI stuff. No, yeah, it's really yeah. meant for the Apple Silicon. And, and But again, my, my favorite thing, though, was uh, was pro- just two more things I want to talk about. My favorite thing was probably the Swift charts, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a, an example of of them expanding their APIs using the kind of uh, Swift UI way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very it, it fits in with Swift UI very well. Wait, wait, you you're that was your big thing. That was or? one of the big things I liked about it because not, because not Swift regex. 
also switch Radvax, but I didn't get to look at that one too much yet. I'll tell uh, you, I'll tell you, Regex, Regex is great. I, you can use them both. You can parse the input and then turn. I don't know, but no, I like Swift charts because of the because it was it's easy to use, and I think it's gonna make it. It makes it easier to do charts because charts are always a pain pain in the butt. But uh, I liked it also because it's an example of Apple putting their you know their their money where their mouth is. I guess they're, mm-hmm. they're they said we're gonna build a new charting API and it's gonna work with Swift UI. You know, like this this is the way. And it's uh, it's uh, very cool, but yeah, regex is also great. The, the thing about regex I like was that you can have them just as uh, just inline, mm-hmm. just like Perl. Like when I, it gave me flashbacks yeah. when I used old old school Perl programming, and I would just have regexes sitting there on the screen. Just, and then it has this builder syntax, like the regex. Uh, again, a lot of things coming from SwiftUI this year. Like anything that's like a builder mm-hmm. thing, where it's like a function, and it's just like these these lines of um, of like. I don't know, like a, like a little DSL, you know, language. Anything that's like a builder is kind of like that, like view builder. Yeah, is you know, is, is and from SwiftUI, it's they seem to be modeling stuff based on that. I think I think the regex one works that way too. It's not like I don't think it's straight up object oriented, is it? I didn't look at it closely enough, but I, I thought they had like a builder type syntax. But what's really cool is that you you know you can take some completely impenetrable regex and translate it into this new um, you know more I don't know, elaborate syntax and understand it a little better. I mean, I think one of the, one of the things I've seen a lot of, like a lot of the talks around aside from that, the only thing that I've noticed um, that they spent a lot of time was sort of like cross platform and iPad, Mac specific type of um, like UI, like this is, you know, this is the way we do nav bars and toolbars and this is how you can make it work on the other platforms. And navigation was big. That yeah, was the other really big thing. It's a big one. Um, they they and, fixed uh, navigation like like we uh, we asked for. <laughs> yes, right. They they now have navigation stack, um, which I still haven't really played too deeply around because um, I'm just frightened to like have to like rip out all my <laughs> pre existing nav view code. The na- navigation stack is cool. Uh, they did they did show how you can trans you can you can move between the current API for navigation link to the. What is it they call it? The value based one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh the the other thing about navigation I liked was the cross platform nature as you mentioned. So they, they did a lot of emphasis on that. There's some some stuff in there like uh what is it? Uh navigation split view is an example, which oh, yeah. uh you know, you use that and then it will look up it'll it'll size itself appropriately for an iPhone, for an iPad screen, for Mac OS. Wait, so that it goes into sort of like a main detail view, like for yeah for like a list view detail view for if your iphone and so you like you push you basically push into detail view yeah um it by default but if you're on the ipad it will be like um it'll have that little sidebar in the top that sidebar icon in the top left if if you're in portrait mode if you're in landscape mode then it's a sidebar right yep and then there's the content view or detail view whatever we can call it and then on the i then the mac kind of reflects the i the the iPad, generally speaking, in terms of user experience, right? Yeah, like eighty percent or whatever. It, it's it's yeah. yeah I was running uh, well before this Xcode beta. I was running um, the iPad version mm-hmm. of, the, of the app and like the Mac version, and to see how how the split view stuff worked mm-hmm. uh, before the you know before WWDC. Yeah, pretty pretty close. A little there's some differences, but but it's it's nice that you have the one um, view. You know, you just set it up. And SwiftUI, and then there you go. 
you know, everything just kind of, at least you got a good starting point. Everything just kind of works across the platforms. So we made a big push for that, uh, which is, uh, which is good. I think I just like that. There's some kind of, uh, you know, focus now on how, on like Apple's advice about how to move forward with doing cross-platform work. And we don't have to build necessarily like a separate storyboard for every freaking device. I mean, I, it's kind of like a pro and con in that. I, I do agree on the sense of like the personality of each platform is always, um, um, you know, uh, like I know like a lot of old school app kit developers feel would feel a certain way just because it just feels very, I don't know, not non Mackie on some level, or there's yeah, just that yeah. sort of like slight disconnect mentally of like, Oh, this is not how like, um, this, fe- like there's a feel to a Mac app comparatively to like an iOS app, um, that is distinct, distinctly Mac. Um, and I think that's what a lot of, a lot of Mac developers kind of mourn in my mind. Um, yeah, I can, I can see a lot of old school Mac heads, uh, feeling like, you know, they're going to lose platform distinction and, you know, they, they have a point Yeah. because I mean, if, but on the other hand, I, I the cross platform stuff still like lets you bring software to the Mac that otherwise wouldn't. I mean, one of the things, yeah. one of the things that I would find interesting to explore, and I think that's the part that I sort of would kind of push back on is this idea of like, well, what can you do on this Mac platform that you can still keep or even provide a much more distinct feel, right? Like oh, yeah. when, I, when I get on, when I bring my iPad app to the Mac, right? What am I adding? What is, what is the, what is, what is going to give the Mac app a slight edge um, yeah. in the experience? Uh, that I can still provide. On I don't think Apple's saying you shouldn't do that. I think they're saying, like, they're just giving tools so you can get, like, I don't know, 70% of the way, 80% of the way of something working. Sure. But there's definitely still platform specific stuff. I mean, the one that comes to my mind would be, like, Apple Script. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a type of app that does that, there's a lot of um, scriptability that you can do on the Mac you can't do on iOS. Now, shortcuts exist, but shortcuts is much more limited in kind of automation than straight-up Apple Script is. Yeah, I mean, the thing about shortcuts is that you can, um, there is a way to uh, communicate with AppleScript on the Mac shortcuts. Um, so you can integrate AppleScript into a shortcut if you wanted to. So providing um, yeah. that. But just on the Mac, right? Yes, yeah. just on the Mac. Uh, one thing that it would, I think, would be interesting from a year, um, not interesting, but like common tools that you would expect from like drag and drop. Um, pinpoint precision that kind of stuff that you would want to yeah. do on the mac versus like maybe on, like the ipad is uh, the iphone is less much more touch oriented um i think it could be expressed a little bit better on the mac key commands um yep. you know like not everybody has a 300 dollar keyboard cover yeah, but... for their ipad right yeah. so i think that's that's an advantage that you would always have on the mac Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just just a wealth of of there's just whole there's whole sets of tools like development tools and sure um, and, and high end art, artistic tools you just can't duplicate on iPad or even just like the amount of time you spend right like I mean good yeah. grief we spent eight hours a day at work yeah. in front of a computer most likely a Mac in our case um, yeah. versus like we would we don't have uh, you know we're not going to do that on an iPad or an iPhone right so. 
No, although um, other people might like not like you know. So and there are people that keep wanting full on Xcode on the oh, iPad. Geez. Although you have Playgrounds was actually I saw the Playgrounds talk, mm-hmm. uh, the one where like you know build a I don't I think it was this build year it was build yeah. build an app and, and uh, publish okay. it to test flight and I was like wow and the uh, people had said I remember someone had told us I think it was at Philly Coca that uh, the that the um, autocomplete and stuff in Playgrounds was really really fast. Yeah. I, oh, could, yeah, I could see it oh, in the yeah. demo. I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, like it's amazingly fast. It's absurdly yeah. fast. Like, yeah, live preview and autocomplete is just like, not, like maybe that's because I'm on an Intel Mac when I'm doing Xcode, but on my iPad, it is like wicked fast. Yeah, um, so it's it's cool. I mean, I, uh, I was still a little unclear about. You do need a developer account to release it, right? Or no? Because yes. like. I don't know how that, how does that work? Cause they, they put it into this test flight in the, um, but can you, would, you put something in test flight without having a developer account now? Uh, I'm not I, sure. I think you still need a quote unquote developer account, but you don't need to pay for it is my, right. but you my, do have to put it in the store, right? Yes. You still, still need to do that. But then that's when you sign in, you would still sign in yeah, okay. to the account to, to upload it to test flight, for example. So you still need to go through that process of like making an account, but not necessarily, you don't necessarily, I'm not sure if you have to pay for it still. That's a fair question. Um, but I think that that's a question for another day because we have other obligations to th- and other things that we have to think about, like our side project. And a, lo- a lot of things have, um, because of WWDC, I think we have looked at, I'm I'm sort of looking at this as an opportunity for us to sort of quote, not necessarily pivot, but sort of figure out what is in WWDC that we can take and sort of decide to integrate into this to-do list app that we're working on. Yeah. So it's funny. We, we thought WWDC 22 was going to be all about augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And and we were going to be like, oh man, how we're going to have to like abandon this or something, or, but it turns out the WWDC was a lot about internal, like a lot of Swift UI updates, a lot of, um, a lot of updates to that just make development cross platform development better, and so it looks like we actually have a, a really good side project idea to to be able to play with uh, and implement some of these new APIs. Uh, and so we wanted to build, I mean, we always wanted to build like a Mac app. That was the whole purpose of this. Right. Uh, and now it looks like we might be able to just do a multi-platform app right. about as easily as we thought we were going to do before. Like, you know, so, uh, and use some of these new, these, these new um, APIs. So we're going to go like all in on iOS 16, Mac OS, Ace Ventura, and, uh, you know, the only downside is I think we do have to install macOS uh, Ventura. Yeah, if we're going to do a Mac, like especially exclusive iOS 16, whatever latest version of Mac, <laughs> what 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 the number? macOS 13. Mac, you can macOS 13. Yeah, yeah. No I keep thinking Ace Ventura Pet yeah. Detective every time I right. hear the name. Like those, because because here's the thing: we are committed to building because it's a new app. We're committed to building it on an iOS 16 exclusive um, platform. So we're not, we're not, we're not worried about um, backwards compatibility. We're not, we don't care about that. This is iOS exclusive, iOS 16 exclusive. 
on top of which is also a Mac Ventura exclusive. Yeah. Having said all that, (laughs) we don't want to install Mac Ventura too early because uh, it's one thing to put it on, you know, your test device or something, but like we only have like, I only have the one, you know, M1 Mac. I did, I did back up my drive with carbon copy cloner. Um, So, and there's instructions on the release notes for Xcode mm-hmm. on how, or, or the OS, one or the other. I think it might be the OS one. There's some instructions on, from Apple about creating a volume. Because mm-hmm. now we have APFS, uh, you can create non-destructive volumes. And I've seen, I saw a video on YouTube of someone doing this. It wasn't that hard. So, so if you have enough space, you should be able to create a volume and then install it onto that internally and not That's the question. How much space do you need? I was probably, so, I mean, I have like half a terabyte left on here. I was probably going to give it like 128. Like it doesn't need, I mean, how much do we need just to run Xcode? So I've done this. Um, Already? I've done this in the past in All my right. prior, um, in my, in the prior version. So I think I had installed Big Sur. I partitioned my hard drive. I think my hard drive was about um, like 512. Yeah. Uh, so basically what I did is I partitioned my hard drive. Um, and it's easy to do safely. Um, uh, at least for me, it was. Disk uh, utility, right? Yeah, using disk utility, and then I install. It's just a little. It's just a little. Um, it's not. It's not particularly. It's. It's. It's not particularly obvious. <laughs> which. 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 Um, which. Because when you split it, it's kind of like splits in, in a weird way, and the naming yeah. convention is a little weird. Uh, but then when you install it, like so, you basically download the installer. Um, through at, at the time that I did it, they had this funky way of doing it through the app store and then you open up the installer and then you point to the drive you want to install it on Mm. and then once it's installed um you can close and do whatever um so and the way i did it was initially i did maybe like i partitioned it to give myself about maybe um maybe 100 gigs i forgot exactly the amount at the time Uh, because you have to have enough storage for uh the operating system right so yeah. the new version of of the os and xcode and xcode is pretty big and xcode is pretty big like absurdly big sometimes. that's why i was thinking 128 i don't want to use up yeah like, all of my space but 128 i thought might be big enough 128 is reasonable um especially Just, if you're not trying to, yeah especially if you're not trying to build you're not trying to make any huge project like you're pretty sure your project's yeah. going to be pretty you know reasonably lightweight um I, mean, I think that might work. I mean, I have some more space than that on here, but I don't want to eat up all of my remaining space because it's it's basically there for video editing off of the drive. Yeah, but yeah. I can do that off of an external drive if I have to. The other you could do it, I think, off of an external drive. But M1 stuff, Apple Silicon stuff is weird. Mm-hmm. I, I think you might need to have like a Thunderbolt drive or something. I was reading online; people were trying to do this. I think last year, and they doing it on external drive was harder to get it to work. And uh, I a few years ago, I did it on Intel Mac, and it was super slow anyway. So yeah. maybe if you had, like, a Thunderbolt drive, you could do it. But I don't have that, so I'm going to have to so do it internally. I, I'm not willing to risk my iMac, my Intel iMac, this time, for whatever reason. I'm just being, you know, uh, it's much more like, it's so time-consuming that I almost am willing to just wait it out until closer to the deadline. Right, that's the other thing. We can just we could work on the iOS, iPad OS, and because we're using the latest APIs, theoretically, it buys us a lot of support in the macOS side, and then we can pivot to macOS when 
you know, maybe like when the public beta of, of comes out. Depends on when. One of the other things is Mac OS sometimes doesn't come out at the same time iOS and iPad OS do. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we want to make sure we're ready to go at launch for the biggest platforms, which is going to be iOS and iPad OS. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mac OS, uh, if we have to tweak it. I know Mac people are probably like, oh, but, but you know, it's what it is. It's like, uh, we are, we're a side project, so it's going to be the, th- the it's, it's, it's funny because we do, we started this to want to do a Mac OS app, and we do, <laughs> but if we're going to target <laughs> Mac OS 13, it's possible, yeah. I'm not saying it's likely yeah. or anything, it's possible we might have to make that, like, might have to pivot, focus on the iOS side but um, until the, the, you know, later. The great thing is that that gives us time. Because I think a lot of like our current capacity um, is that we all sort of have pseudo full time jobs. I have and, actual full time jobs. That's pseudo. We work. <laughs> sorry, we work full time hours. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And so our capacity is really limited um, to weekends and maybe like a few hours per night if yeah, and, we're and, if we're committed. <laughs> yeah, which that. is why I like I like the changes they made this year, especially to navigation and you know and the the widgets and stuff. The the the, sure. the focus on cross platform stuff felt like they were speaking to us. Yes, like Apple was like, "Hey, we heard you're working on a side project that's going to target multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Have we got some stuff you want to look at?" So um, timeline wise, I am I'm proposing this idea of having our iOS uh, iPad app uh, for September, mid-September, late-September deadline. That's, that would be the, the goal, to get the iOS version of the app out by then. And then, um, when we're, while the iOS app is out, we, uh, in, that's when we'll probably install and sort of really um, add the uh, install venture and for which then we can then make the mac os app um, so the funny thing is now in the new version of xcode you can create one target and then have it target multiple platforms so in that one target you can say i want uh, iphone ipad and maybe that's it but then you can also easily add mac and then in Swift UI, you would just sort of adjust using macros to sort of like say if this is a if the target is Mac, add this menu bar item or something like that in in the uh, in the code. So can we can we actually build it for Mac and then turn off that target in order to release? That's good. See, that's the that's the question mark in my mind because you can't turn yeah. it off as it is more like a more like a item in a list that you either add or remove. So I guess you can remove that target, that part, that that the Mac part of that target, um, and hide it. Uh, there's no way to disable. I I don't see a way to disable it at the moment. I well, my my question wrong. is it's it's like if Mac OS release mm-hmm. does not coincide with iOS and iPad OS, and you're building a cross platform app, oh, target them. I can you that. release it, or like, is there a way to release it? just on iPad and iOS or like, you know uh, what I mean? Like I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure. It used to be not sure how there, easy that was. They used to be, they were different targets. So it was easier yeah. to like, and then you had to submit them different at uh, the, the iOS right. and a Mac OS for a uh, target, uh, a build, I should say. Yeah. For each yeah. target. So yeah, that is a good question. We I have to look know. into that more on yeah. the, uh, the documentation. Maybe yeah. that'll leave it. Too bad. We didn't actually think about this while they were having the digital lounges. We could have asked. <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure that I'm sure every Mac developer right now that's actually listening um, is just screaming at us right now. What it yeah, is we didn't something. we didn't say we knew anything about Mac OS development. Yeah, like, so, so if, you, if, we're if learning. you're a Mac developer and you and you know the answer, leave it in the comments below. <laughs> oh wait, we don't have a YouTube channel, so you can't do it. <laughs> oh, oh, rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah, coffee's really kicking in now. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean that. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, so but anyway, I think the plan's pretty good. We have some time to figure out the logistics, mm-hmm. uh, but we're we're not going to abandon the Mac OS app or anything. No, I just think no, that no. we'll start with using um, structures that are more cross-platform by default, and then build the specifics on the platform when we have a I guess a better idea of you know how we might release it. So I actually wrote a Trello board of just a broad schedule for how we're going to do this so now from an accountability standpoint this is this is what i set us up for (laughs) june would be finalizing the layout and the ui flow so we'd have a basic idea of just how this app will will look and act july will be the implementation of those ui um like sort of the the layout assuming that we've agreed upon it on principle and i've posted a sketch file for us to to sort of work through um and then august would be sort of like the revision refinement month where we're sort of like tweak and refine and you know polish the app and and sort of test and debug um that as we go and september will be the time where we like um like finishing touches bug um uh, debugging you know, all that stuff will happen there. And then we will release it when iOS 16 comes out. Um, assuming that from there, we would focus on the Mac implementation of that, you know, adding, you know, all the Mac's um, niceties, uh, key commands, maybe some menu, menu bar items. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff you can do on iPad now. So yeah, right. yep. the menu. Yep. Yep. Well, that, I mean, yeah, the that's why stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're thinking of doing it uh, for targeting the latest and greatest stuff because it's surprising how much of that of that stuff is now kind of cross-platform. Right. iPad is just so much like a becoming more like a a weird version of Mac OS in some ways. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I have I've actually installed it on my uh the the I the iOS 16 beta on my iPad Pro, so I'm already all in on I still don't have an iPad, so hopefully that's not a problem. Well, I have a mini, and you know what? It it kind of works um, fine, but I can't. I don't have like an M1, so I can't use the stage manager thing. Yeah, I have. Um, I I I. I mean, I on some level, like stage manager is still. I feel like it's still like not quite baked through yet because it's very janky. I can't tell if a good chunk of it is because the apps that I'm like navigating through it hasn't um, oh, you you have an m1 pro yeah i do nice. so um but it's the, like the windows don't quite uh correct themselves at the right timing mm. and so that's the part that um like, yeah well i mean it's bad. I, i've seen some video reviews of stage manager and people pointing out like animations are janky in places yeah. and yeah. things like that, it's like the first beta sure. though i mean yeah, that's to be expected. Like, yeah, I, I expect everything, but I'm actually surprised things aren't more broken. 
Well, like the app and tents that don't work at all. Yeah, they don't work at all. (laughs) At least as far as I can tell. Yeah. 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 Don't install beta software on your carry devices, people. Yeah, Curtis, don't don't install it. No, I think he is. (laughs) He did. He did. I saw I saw some Twitter. I I joked I joked about it on Twitter with him about like thinking about I'm thinking about doing it. (laughs) No, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't because if my phone gets screwed up. And I can't, for instance, something like two-factor didn't work or whatever, or one password failed or something like that. Like, I'd be so screwed. I wouldn't mind if I didn't have um, a few contracts that still, I still have to make sure that I have, um, I have to support that. So I want to, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm using, you know, like, because the other thing too is like Xcode 13.4 doesn't work in Ventura. Like they, they stop you they block you from using it so it's like okay like i need that to work so i'm not going to install it um, that's another reason why i don't i don't want to install it on my mac it, it's another sign though that this is kind of a like a turning point a demarcation line or something mm-hmm. with in terms of the future of the development of the platform yeah. or maybe it's just coincidental and i don't know maybe they just didn't want to support it just because they don't want people running, I don't know. But it feels like it's like the, before you should you could run the old versions of Xcode, right? Mm-hmm. At least at first. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm sort of at this point, I'm like, geez, I need to get myself uh, an M2 and uh, M2 laptop and uh, get on board. I want a midnight MacBook Air. I think looks really looks nice. I have to take a look at that in the store. I'm not yeah. I'm not quite sold on it, but. I, I want to wait till they come out and then see it in the Apple Store, get a set, get a real feel for it, and then, and then kind of go, okay, like I'm on board or I'm not on board. Like, okay, like uh, which model that I think I would want to touch, I would want to buy, and then you know, just open up my Apple Card and <laughs> you, you can get an uh, you can get a Mac Mini with M1 for cheap. You can get a current MacBook Air cheap too for like eight hundred bucks. You look around Amazon hard enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's a, it's, it's one of those like, I could, but on some level, I, I would just rather just go to the Apple Store and get it, or Apple yeah. order it directly from Apple. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll find a good deal. But we all need Apple Silicon. Yes, yes. That that pretty, that pretty is clear. apparently. Yeah, that that's very clear. <laughs> actually, that would actually help me if I get. If I get an Apple, I, I was thinking about getting a um, for the next laptop would be uh, a MacBook Air, and the the M2 does look like a very um, does look like a very interesting uh, product. So TBD. <laughs> cool. So I but again, uh, so basically, are we are we good with the schedule? This this sort of well, we can't, we had a schedule before and we that didn't go anywhere so i know we're, we're good <laughs> Just we're yeah, good. yeah we'll see how it we'll see what happens yeah yes. it, it didn't go anywhere but that was yeah but the, the problem was it was a little bit too dub, ambitious it was a little ambitious and with dub, wwdc coming up it was kind of got distracted uh you know but this is good this is like the time where i'm most motivated of the year you know when there's new stuff yeah. that just it came wasn't out. for this weird thing of Beta soft, trying to develop everything on beta software. Yeah, that's the one. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Downside. At least Xcode runs for you know iOS and iPadOS without updating the Ventura. Yeah, well, the thing that's the, that's the reason why I'm like, okay, I can focus. I'll focus on just the iOS and the iPad, and I've sort of committed myself to to making sure the iPadOS version is going to be good. 
and solid because that's the closest to the Mac experience. Um, oh my god, you just we're just angering the Mac developers like <laughs> left and right today. Like it's not uh, the same. Yeah, tr- I know, I know, it, we know. It's one of those things where it's because we're so new to it. I think that that's that's the part of this journey that I think people have to understand is that um, we're learning as we go, and we're trying to. Um, this is sort of like the accountability podcast in a lot of ways of like saying, okay. And you, so a lot of people who haven't done Mac development, hopefully could get something out of it in terms of like, okay, here they've gone through these pain points. They've, they're seeing these things with fresh eyes. Um, And maybe that'll give some insight as well from a Mac developer point of view of like, okay, like these guys are coming in sort of, you know, (laughs) you <laughs> kind of kind of like you know uh like like children in many ways of just like yeah with, with we, a child we are eye. we are we are like children yes very much so <laughs> so you you've actually started uh a ui sketch in the app sketch which yep. you shared with us which is uh doesn't have much in there yet but it's mm-hmm. it's progress is being made there i think it's one of those things where the the gr- the good thing about doing it in sketches like it's almost like making commitments of like saying this is what i think it is and then we sort of communicate like where in your mind like this is this will probably have to happen off uh off audio or off video whatever yeah, yeah. is that we we sort of discuss like what a, what we were envisioning for this to-do list app or this goal yeah. based app. yeah we we um we did implement a basic model and core data Mm-hmm. That uh, or, um, is more more advanced than the, we started with. Right. Uh, then we're we're trying to we're trying to trying to narrow down. We're we're trying to we're as I said before we're trying to create something that's a little different than than the standard to do app. Because that's if we just followed one of those tutorials, we'd be done by now. There's a ton of them, but we were trying to do something a little bit different. Well, I think one of the things that I I think we're all dangerous enough to make an app. <laughs> I think the 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 challenge is is like well. You know, at least the way I look at it is like, it's fine to do a to-do list app, and there are plenty out there. There's no reason to build another one. It's like reinventing the wheel ten thousand times, right? But there's a lot of itches to scratch from my point of view about learning, um, of doing a to-do list app that was catered just for me or just for us in our in this case. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, productivity and task management and goal management, all the all these these types of areas. There, there's no one way of doing them that's going to work for everybody in every situation so that's why people implement these apps over and over again mm-hmm. that's why there's so many of them that are able to succeed on the app stores sure yeah and so that's the thing that i that's the win the takeaway that i wanted to get out of it it's like if anything if we make this app we finish this app it's on the app store as long as we're using it yeah as long as we're using it that to me is what matters <laughs> Yeah, and that's what we're trying to focus on, and uh, you know, it's it's tough. As I said, we just followed a standard tutorial that, like, there's a billion of them. Like, make a you know to do app for iOS or whatever. We, I mean, it could be done. Right. It's been done in a week. I mean, like, there are literal tutorials for it. But we're we're trying to design something a little different mm-hmm. that works for us and combine some ideas that we've been messing with. And that's one of the things I think with uh, software development. If you're new to it, maybe you don't grasp this, but most of the time, it's not coding. You're thinking about it. You're discussing it. You're designing things. You're going through iterations long before you actually write any code. I mean, ideally, because despite the fact it feels like just spinning your wheels, you're not because you are making progress on defining the thing you're building 
But if you build it, if you build code, and then you decide, well, that was completely wrong, I have to, I have to fundamentally change this architecture, that's a lot more work than just scrapping your, you know, your sketch design and starting over there or you know, changing your you know, basic model that you, you, know, you, you made out or something. It's just, you, the earlier in the process you make changes, uh, the better, is what I'm saying. So that's where you want the most churn. Yeah, I mean, just some thought of like yeah. going, you know, I think I remember um, a friend of mine, Joel Eden, uh, who is a sort of like a UX guy. Um, he always talks about it from, a, from an animator's point of view or like um, sort of like storyboarding this user, uh, the user experience, storyboarding, like how this gets used in the real world and just trying to get a sense of like, what is what are, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? Kind of like that point of view, yeah. Versus like, what a you know, what's the fancy new API that I, I want to hit? Like, oh, I want to learn how to do. <laughs> I mean, yes, you. We want to do. We want to make. We want to do. We want to code it the right way, but at the same time, we're trying. You know, if we're building something. Like, why are we building it? Right. It's always to solve some problem. Yeah. Um, and def- and defining the problem is not always easy. No. Like, and to define it in a way that you can then write up software around like that's that's where the challenge comes on software development sure yeah yeah cool well i think we can we could cut it off for today um i don't necessarily do you have any not a sponsor a sponsor that you want to give a shout out to or oh man uh let's see one of our one of our recent ones won an award so i can't oh yeah okay you're like that's like that's a good one that's a good one uh do you have a doing it's um, Curtis Herbert's Slopes app at getslopes.com. Is that uh, yeah? That's the one. Hashtag getslopes. There we go. Didn't we do? Didn't we do slopes before? We did slopes again. before. So this is do almost like a repeat, but it's bare repeating. He just won an ADA award, so congratulations Which is to the you. Apple Design Awards for those that are not aware. It's it's pretty big deal in our community, mm-hmm. and we know how long and how how um how long he's worked on it how much uh love and attention he's put into it so again congratulations to you yes yeah, congratulations Chris. i'm very happy for him actually yeah. i was excited when when he won i was and i was telling i was telling everybody yeah. i knew like really you know somebody won a word i was like yeah yeah he's awesome so he's... uh and the app is cool especially if you i mean i have never actually used it but no. I played problem. it with it, but I don't ski. That's my problem. <laughs> we, we, not, I don't think any of us snowboard or ski. I don't even, I've never We're all terrible. Yeah. yeah, we don't ski or snowboard, but uh, the people that do love the app, and it's well well designed, hence even Apple recognizes how well designed it is. So check it out, getslopes.com. Cer- we've certainly watched the evolution of that app. Um, oh, God. I, I, I was thinking back to when I first joined Philicoca. And he was showing off early builds of that, or relatively yeah. early versions of that, and how far it's come. Yeah, it's remarkable. Just that's what the power of consistent effort and like and you know careful execution. Yeah, you know, he's you know consistently working on this and is thinking strategically and implementing things with a long view. Sure. Uh, yeah. So he's he's a very uh, inspirational guy. Yes. In yes. Very much so. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. You can learn more about Philly Coco at phillycoco.org. There you'll find links to our Slack, meetup schedule, and contact info. If you're feeling generous, please leave a rating and review on Apple, uh, Apple Podcast and share with us with all your developer friends. And one more thing. 
Small minds are concerned with the extraordinary. Great minds with the ordinary. That's a Pascal quote. Um, and until next time, uh, let's see, what are those of us say? Until next time, good luck on your developer journey. We will cheer for you always. We had a schedule before and we that didn't go anywhere. So we'll see what happens.